I'm going to share a little bit today, and so is Tabitha, because this is kind of Mission Sunday. Last week, we talked about, um, what are we talking about? Evangelism. You guys met the evangelism team last week, and so, uh, or at least a few members of the evangelism team, and you got to know what their vision was. So we're just kind of letting you know what's happening in different ministries, uh, how New Covenant is reaching out and reaching people, going to the nations, going to our community, all of those things. So today, we're going to talk about <clears throat> missions. First, let's put up our mission statement, if you would please, and we're going to say that together. Are you ready? <clears throat> we are raising up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God and people from the next generation who will love deeply, serve sacrificially, speak truthfully, live holy and go globally in the supernatural power and presence of the Holy Spirit, calling all people to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. So we're going to talk today, Mark 16, uh, 15, uh, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So um, today we're, we are, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about missions. I'm going to tell you guys about my recent trip to Russia, to Kalmykia, Russia. So we're going to start our little PowerPoint if possible. Okay. Um, so back in 2004, Denny Kramer prophesied over me that I would go internationally. And he said that God was giving me an anointing to break generational curses off of people and a breaker anointing that would see other religions such as Hindus and Muslims come running to the altar. Now, I had no idea what that meant at the time because I had been saved about nine months and I had just come out of the hottest mess of a life that you could have. So as he's speaking to me, I'm, I'm just sitting there like, I have no idea what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying, but it's amazing and I want to do those things. Um, so here we are, uh, 15 years later, 14 years later, um, a whole lot of discipleship, a whole lot of growth, and a whole lot of emotional healing and breaking my own generational curses to get me to a place where now I was on, I'm on my fourth trip to Russia, going internationally and doing what God called me to do. So um, first of all, I just want to say this, that um, have you guys ever had an experience or an encounter where you knew that you were in the exact will of God in the space and time that God ordained it to happen. This was this trip, okay? It was so cool. I mean, outside of like maybe giving birth was the only time I ever felt like, you know what I'm saying, where you're like, I, this is what I was made for. This is, what, this is why I'm on this earth. It was the coolest experience ever. And so um, for that, I thank you guys for sending me because I was able to um, just experience something cool in the Lord. But um, so let me tell you about, I'll, I'll start with just, I'll go through my things here. Okay. So that is, this has a button or like a pointer. I don't know where. Do you know where? The right button? Red. Ah, okay. So, so here is Russia right here. And like it goes way up here. I don't know if you guys know how big Russia is thinking huge. I mean, this thing, this place is gigantic, but I wanted to give you a perspective. I chose this map because I wanted you to give you a perspective of where I was as far as like where these other countries are, like where the Middle East is and China, right? Here's Mongolia. And um, I was like right here in Kalmykia. It was like this, the, 
southwestern part of Russia down here towards like, I wasn't far from, you know, like Iran and stuff. I don't know if that makes any sense. So, okay, so here I was. Um, and um, so this particular place, Kalmykia, is mostly a Buddhist nation. And um, in fact, they, it is considered a Buddhist nation. Kalmykia is considered a Buddhist nation. Only 0.003% are Christians. So, and the rest are, in fact, they have the largest Buddhist temple in the world in Elista, which is the capital city. And so, um, so yeah. Okay, so I'm going to introduce you to my team here. Uh, this right here was a guy named Nick, and he was, he studied in the um, New Life School of Ministry that Johnny did, and so he was a student that was coming. This is Johnny. He is the guy that's been to Russia, I think it's 40 times. He's gone the last 20 years, twice a year. He's pretty amazing. We've been going to Kalmykia, or he has, I think for the last eight years. He also goes to Samara. So this is Julie, which is Johnny's daughter. And this was her first time going to Russia, but she has been praying for Russia and wanting to go for the last several years. And um, her husband just released her to go. He was kind of a little worried about staying with the little ones for so long. So <laughs> she was able to go this year. And there's yours truly right here. Okay, and so this is Jeremiah. He has gone on this trip. He's gone to Russia with um, Johnny for the last five or six years, I think. And he's pretty amazing. So <clears throat> we had a cool team that went. Um, so let me tell you about, um, Cal, or about what's going on in Kalmykia. So this is the church. This is Pastor Velodia's house. Okay, so this is, um, this is actually a three-story home plus a basement. And his church is in the basement part there. And um, there is a new law in Russia. I guess it's about two years old now where there's no proselytizing, which means there's no evangelism, period. You're not allowed to share your faith with someone at all. And if you do, and they, it's, it's under the guise of an anti-terrorism law. And so, um, but it, it, it doesn't just, um, you know, cover Muslim or whatever. It covers Christianity. It, co it even covers the Russian Orthodox Church. And so if you share your faith, if you invite someone to church, or if you tell them about Jesus, you will be fined and your church will be fined heavy fines at this point it's not jail time but it is heavy fines and if you're a missionary that's coming in for the purpose of religious purposes they will send you back and find you find the church i mean it's just it's a huge ordeal so um it they are a very discouraged church because they're not growing they don't know how to think outside the box and do creative evangelism and so um it's just kind of a they're very small because, like I said, only 0.003% are Christians anyway, and so they're very small. And then the churches that are churches are divided. There is such a spirit of division that is in that place that, um, I don't know, it's just not a lot of, um, I don't know, cohesion and working together. So, um, let's see here. Yeah, there we go. Isn't this cute? Okay, so this, this right here is at a place, we went, to this, um, we went to this museum, which is basically like this hut thing, and, um, and, it sh and it told us basically the history of the Kalmykian people, and so the reason why I put this up here is because I want to tell you a little bit about the history of the Kalmykian people. So um, Kalmykia, they're descendants from um, Mongolia, and um, in fact, they have their roots in Christianity, 
way back, way back, um, but then they turned to a Buddhist nation about 800 years ago. And so um, the, um, before World War II, there was actually kind of an issue, because this is what we learned while we were here. Um, before World War II, um, before Russia turned over into communism, there were actually, it, there was like a civil war in Russia. So there was the white, which is the white, which is the, um, they served the czar or the king. And then there were the reds that served communism. And so in Kalmykia, they were divided. Some of the Kalmykians were serving the czar and some were serving um, Stalin or the red. And then um, World War II happened. So afterwards, Stalin remembered that there were some people that were not faithful in Kalmykia. He remembered that um, some of the people served the czar. And so, like, we're on the white side. And um, they did this exodus, like this mass exodus, literally in the middle of the night, came into Kalmykia, loaded up everyone, and took them to Siberia for 10 years. Left their homes, their stores, their everything. This is like in the 50s or 40s, right after World War II. Um, they lost everything. And so they were sent up to Siberia in this place. I mean, it's cold, you know, all this stuff. And um, then 10 years later, all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, you guys can come back now. So they, <laughs> they come back to their homeland to people who have taken over their businesses and their homes and all this stuff. And so it's like the, um, the Caucasian Russians came in because the Kalmykian, the native Kalmykians are Asian looking. And so the, the Caucasian Russians came in and took over their place, and then they all come back. And so, I mean, there's just division everywhere. It's just division. It's on the land, it's on the place, plus the, the, um, the Buddhism, and they, they literally, before Buddhism, it was shamanism. So, I mean, there's witchcraft, there's all this. They dedicate their children to the god of death because they fear death. They think, if I dedicate my child to the god of death, then uh, death won't take my child. I mean, it's just... They have all sorts of different um, um, practices that is, that's witchcraft. And so, um, so um, divi <laughs> division is just part of it. And I think that that spirit of division is what causes the churches to be divided, the few churches that there are. Now, there, ha there was some really cool breakthrough when Mike Brown was there the last time because he, <laughs> so you guys all know Mike Brown. I'm going to tell him about Pastor Tamur. So there's this Baptist preacher, okay, this Baptist preacher that doesn't really want anything to do with the spirit-filled um, prophesying um, churches, and, um, but he's curious, you know, he's curious because he thinks he hears from God, and so he sets up this meeting because he hears that the Americans are coming and all this stuff. So he sits down at Mike Brown, and Mike Brown just starts prophesying over him and reading his mail, and Johnny's sitting over there like, oh, please, please be right. Oh, Mike, please be right please. But it sparked a curiosity in him. And he was like, I mean, he believed it. So he came back and visited with us in the October that I was there, comes back again. I'm going to finish telling the Pastor Timur story because I have a, um, a slide at the end. He comes back and visits us again. He's very curious. So anyway, so that helped to break down some of the division. And they have now actually had, um, they've been able to go into the Baptist church and do some seminars inside the Baptist church since all that um, breakdown happened. So, praise, uh, praise the Lord. Yes, so what did we do? Um, uh, oh, catching up with my notes here, sorry. Okay, um, in the mornings and the afternoons, we basically prayed over individuals that came to the church. So, 
people would come in for like um, personal ministry. So we would just prophesy, pray. A lot of times we did a lot of emotional healing, which I'll get into more of that in a little bit. Um, just things like that. We prayed over individuals and different church leaders. Um, we ate a lot. We had this beautiful, this church was gorgeous. And we had to do all of the ministry inside this particular church because before um, used to, we kind of partnered up with three different churches while we were there. A little home church, this other church called Salvation Army, and then the Pastor Velodius Church, which is where that home is. But they actually were visited by one of the government officials a couple days before we got there asking questions about our visit. So um, we had to play by the rules, strictly by the rules. We, only, we had to move a couple of the seminars that were, we were going to do in the other church and move it to this church right here um, because we just... We didn't want to give them a hefty fine. You know, it's just crazy. Okay, so um, so we did personal ministry on um, different peoples. And I'm going to share you a few testimonies about some of the personal ministry we did. Like this gal right here. So see how glowing she is and how beautiful she is? She came in, I mean, with the darkest cloud hanging over her head. And I know you guys, even people without discernment, because we have the Holy Spirit, we have discernment, and you just know when somebody's depressed or when somebody's overcome. Well, this woman has five children, and her husband just took off and left her. Left. She's living in a one-room house, has no money. I mean, was just devastated. And this man claimed to know the Lord, you know, and so she's just devastated. So she comes in all just a mess, and I forget now because I did so many, we did so many, but we prophesied over her. We did some emotional healing on her, some sozo techniques, RTF techniques. We did that, and that woman, <coughs> excuse me, for the first time was able to hear God's voice, and she felt God's presence, and she was filled with Holy Spirit, and she, her knee was healed. She had some sort of knee issue, and her, she was taken off her brace, and she was like praising. And I saw her for like days later, and she glowed like this the whole trip, because this happened on one of the first days. It was amazing. It's like all of a sudden hope was interjected into her situation, and it was just really cool. So, um, excuse me in the middle. So this is, um, this is Vladim, and this is Sveta. So Vladim is the son of Pastor Velodia. And Sveta used to go to a church called Salvation Army Church. But when she met the love of her life and they got married, she transferred over to his dad's church. Okay, now this actually made her incredibly sad because it's just not as spirit-filled as the one that she went to. And she was actually really devastated. She um, associated herself. She understood that she was more, um, I don't know, it just was depressing. And she was so closed off and just like you know, just like this all the time, just again, just down. So we did some personal ministry on her and we did some emotional healing. We did some sozo and she came to my training and all, she loved sozo. She loved that emotion. Sozo is emotional healing. She was totally into it. And it was like, finally, she found her place. She understood why she was sent to this church. And so, so it was like, again, she was different. Like, see how she's glowing? That, she didn't smile. I saw her for like two years in a row, and that, that girl did not smile ever. And she, did she? No, you know, okay, she's amazing now. Like, she's literally like glowing. She bought us gifts before we left. I mean, it was just amazing. So really cool. Those are some of the personal, you know, things that happened. Um, and this is, um, I totally forget her name, but that's Pastor Velodia's daughter. So I just wanted you to get, Leah, thank you. 
she is, a, she is now in Israel. So they are raising up missionaries where they are to go out as well. And so they're not just pulling it in. They're sending them out as well. So I wanted to put her in there to let you know that that's happening. Um, so, on, so that happened during the day. We did the personal ministry. Late nights, we did ministry on each other, the team. Because I'm telling you right now, when you're at a place and there's lots of division and there's a, a spirit of division that really doesn't want you to bring what you're bringing, there can be some issues pop up on a team. Did you know that? Did you know that some people can rub each other wrong? But did you know that if somebody's rubbing you wrong, that you're the one who needs the ministry? Did you know that? We did. Uh, we did so much sozo on each other, it was not even funny. We'd be like, oh, listen, I am messed up. Okay, you got to help me. And so we would like, it was so funny. We were up late. We were pouring our hearts out to each other, crying. I mean, ugly crying. It was like we took it as an opportunity to just lay it all out there before the Lord. So that was just really cool that we were able to, you know, just be a team and be united on the team and be real with each other and vulnerable, know what's our issue, what's, you know what I'm saying? And it was just so cool. So that was a neat aspect of it, um, was the ministry that we did on each other. And, um, oh, I did that. Okay. Okay, so then, so the evenings were set aside for the different things that we brought. You know, like um, uh, Julie brought a dream interpretation seminar, and that was really cool. And they ate that up. They love that because, of course, they have tons of dreams there because it's just a very spiritually active place. And they loved that. And it was really great for them to grow. Um, we did a women's meeting. Excuse me. And do you remember when Denny Kramer prophes prophesied over me to prophesy over everything that moves? Okay, that totally happened in the coolest way. So we're at the women's meeting. And we're getting towards the end, and the spirit of prophecy just fell. And it was like prophecy here, 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 here. All of a sudden, boom, over here, here, here. You know, and it was just really cool. So um, I did prophesy over everything that moved, and everyone was encouraged, and it was really cool. There was probably about 35 people there that received a word. So that was really awesome. Um, oh, uh, we did a youth meeting, and then we did the, the two-day SOZO training, which... The SOZO training was amazing, so if you don't, do not know what SOZO is, don't get hung up on the word. SOZO is basically emotional healing, and the reason I chose to bring SOZO rather than RTF, because we do both of those at New Covenant, they're just tools. One is not better than the other, they're just different, and, um, and they're very valuable. The reason I brought SOZO is because there are less restrictions on um, how to use it and where to share it and where you can bring it and how to equip. So I brought SOZO. And, um, and that was, man, people ate that up. Like, they absolutely loved it. Um, because, again, because they, were, they are a Buddhist nation, they have their, every one of them has the door to witchcraft open, okay? And if you don't know anything about Sozo, understand that when you have witchcraft in your generations or when you have participated in witchcraft and you don't even know it like light as a feather or the Ouija board or whatever, you have opened the door to witchcraft in your life and you've got to shut it. Okay, you've got to shut that door. You've got to repent of your sin and shut it because you do not want witchcraft active. Okay, it's just not fun. It creates chaos. If you have chaos, it's probably witchcraft. So, um, but all of them just kind of walk in this chaos. And so they were eating that up. They absolutely loved the, um, the seminar. We, we did some like group sozo on each other. 
Um, Oksana, who was our interpreter, she's actually called me the other day and to let me know that she did her first official Sozo session and she was calling me and asking me questions. Did I do this right? Did I do that right? And she was amazing. Oksana um, goes to the Salvation Army Church and she is, she is so cool because when we would do Sozo, we were doing, you know, some Sozo. We did a few sessions, particularly on people. And she, of course, we had to translate. And do you know how difficult it is? Because in Sozo, people have to repeat after you. So I would have to say something in English, and then she'd say something in Russian, and then they say something in Russian, and then she'd say it back to me. And th- like, it was just, okay, anyway. Wow. That's, a, that's another funny little, like, glitch that was in it. But anyway, so Oksana would look at me and go, like, I would say something, and she'd be like, aren't they supposed to receive the truth? Oh, yeah, yes, thank you, Oksana. Like, she was reminding me of steps that I was forgetting because she was catching on so fast. I mean, it was so cool. And I was like, yes, you are amazing. So um, anyway, they grabbed onto that like crazy. So the two different churches that were there, the Salvation Army and um, the Love of the Lord Church, which is Pastor Velodia's church, were equipped in it, and they loved it. They ate it up, and they need it desperately, desperately need it. Yes, so, um, okay, so this is, so I'm going to go back to Pastor Timor. Um, Okay, so this is the Baptist preacher that uh, Mike read as male. And that's, oh, whoops, I went backwards. Um, And this is his wife, and then, of course, that's us. So he comes to this meeting, right, and he wants to have this sit down. And he comes to this meeting because he's so curious, and he feels like he hears the voice of God, but in his religion, he's really not supposed to hear the voice of God, right? And so supposedly, I mean, in, in their particular denomination of Baptists, okay? So um, I realize Baptist people can hear from the Lord. <laughs> I'm just saying his particular de- denomination, they, they thought that was kind of weird if you hear the voice of God. And so um, he um, w- comes and he's basically kind of asking like, am I a prophet? Because I hear the voice of God, you know? And he was asking and, Oh, it was so cool, and um, um, he, by the end, he prophesied over all of us, wow. <laughs> not playing, and read our mail, and it was so cool. I mean, he started, oh, wow, okay, I'll tell you later what he prophesied over me, so um, it was so cool, so anyway, um, so that was cool, so then this is Pastor Timur's Facebook post that he made in his Russian, and this is a translate, it says, Another meeting with friends through which God taught me to listen to his voice. Thank you, God bless you. And so he actually put it out there that he was learning how to hear God's voice. And so it was really cool. Just pray for Pastor Timur, though, because he is actually leaving that church. And he's going to Kresnada. Is that where it is? And um, so it may be the Lord. It may be the Lord sending him out. But um, so whatever, just but pray because um, he thinks he's supposed to start another church plant in a different place. And so, um, anyway, we just want to pray for him. Okay, so that's not, um, I mean, obviously, those are tidbits of what happened. I'm going to pass it over to Tabitha here in a second. Um, but that is the, kind of the basics, the gist of it. It was, it was not a wasted trip. It was very busy. It was amazing. And I left so encouraged. And... Um, so is God calling me back is the question that I'm still asking as well. But I do believe that the Lord wants to bring some teachings about the culture of honor to them. Um, some of the Danny Silk stuff um, about just honoring and how to do kind of discipline in that way. 
Um, and then I also believe that um, God wants to bring them a strategy of evangelism that can work around that law. How can they do intentional evangelism and still um, be within the law? And so um, I think that's going to take some creative thinking and probably it's going to take some thinking of people who aren't under that oppression because that is an oppressive law. And so um, anyway, so that's what I'm praying about. Um, I'm not sure when I'm not going back in October, but um, maybe next May or next October. So anyway, that's my, that's my story. Miss Tabitha <laughs> is going to come up and share. Do you want the handheld? Or do you? I think so, if we can do the transfer. Hold on. Okay. So, um, yeah, Tabitha is going to share about her upcoming trip to the World Race. Hey, yes, I'm excited. A lot of you probably already know I've sent out letters and stuff, but I am going on the world race. But to start, I would like everybody, if you don't mind, to close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes, and I want you to think about that dream that you have deep down. Maybe it's an ambition that you've had since childhood, such as becoming a teacher or an astronaut. Or maybe it's an aspiration that you ha hadn't realized until recently, like owning your own business or preaching to a thousand people at once. But when that dream is brought up in conversation, you can't help but get excited. Your heart pounds with anticipation and eagerness. Just thinking about it brings you joy. Whether you are currently fulfilling that dream or not, you know that somehow that dream is part of your purpose and the reason that God put you here on earth. Now you can open your eyes. For me, that dream is mission trips and children's ministry. And that I, I get so excited just working with children and going on mission trips, and I know that that's what God's called me to from childhood, for as long as I can remember. And so um, I'm excited that I've been already able to go on many short-term mission trips to Central and South, or Central America and through the U.S., and also to be teaching, working with children's ministry here and teaching for the last three years um, in Muncie and in Texas. And so um, I'm excited about all of that. But I knew that this last year, I felt like God was bringing me into something bigger, something deeper, and I was gonna, there was going to be a transition. And so I um, was praying about that a lot. And then I first heard about the World Race. Um, one time I was on Facebook, and it popped up, and I... I reposted it thinking, like, who would actually do this with me? Thinking, okay, it's probably not actually going to happen, but that would be so cool. I just thought it would be um, just this crazy, amazing dream come true, but I didn't think it would actually happen. But um, as I started, after I posted that, and then somebody commented on it and said, oh, yeah, I've known some people who do this, and I'm like, I need to really look into this. So I started praying about it, talking to my parents, talking to the pastors, and um, just really praying about it. And finally... Um, there, there was a time of waiting and stuff that we didn't feel was the right time, but then finally later I um, got the call, or I, I heard the yes that I was waiting for. And um, it's not that I, 
like at first, it's not that I didn't believe that God would actually do it for me. I knew he was capable. I just that felt like, oh, it's probably too good to be true for me. Like he probably has a different good plan. Like, but I'm so excited because finally I heard the yes. One day I was on the treadmill at the gym and I was just listening to worship music and worshiping God. And then he just started downloading all kinds of things to me. He started giving me words of knowledge for people that were around me and talking to me about my plans or his plans for me. And um, I was so excited just soaking in and listening to God. And um, so I asked him, you know, is the world race part of the plan you have for me? And I felt like he said this. I felt like he said, yes, the world race is part of my plan for you, but I have so much more for you than that. Don't get stuck on this one dream. You can't even comprehend all that I have in store for you, all the lives that you will touch. So I was just overwhelmed. So basically, I just knew, it was like, I was so excited about this one huge trip. It's 11 months, but I was so excited about that. And God's saying, this is just the beginning. There's so much more. Don't just get stuck on this. And we talked about that even in our group about how not making this an idol, that it's exciting and I'm so excited to do this, but this is just the beginning. And so, um, so yeah, I finally um, got that yes and felt confirmation and um, prayed about it some more. And so I applied and got accepted and um, I will be leaving in January. I will be leaving the beginning, probably the day after I turn 26. And <laughs> I will be going to 11 different countries. I think I need this. Yeah, I forgot to click to the next slide. No, it's not working. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so 11 different countries and 11 months. And um, we will be going with a squad of about 50 people. Um, and some of them whom I've already met. We've been talking a lot on GroupMe and on Facebook and things like that and getting to know each other. And then I actually had the opportunity to meet one of them yesterday in Fort Wayne. He lives and he came to church today to listen. So yay, <laughs> that's Joseph. He's also going on the world the same trip as me. So, um, but most of the people are just spread out throughout the United States. Um, and then when we are on the on the trip, we'll be split up into like groups of six or seven for a team, but we'll all be going to the same countries together. So, um, so yeah, um, World Race is based out of the organization called Adventures and Missions, and um, it's based in Gainesville, Georgia, and then have sent already over 110,000 missionaries around the world since 1989. So they've been longstanding. I don't remember how long World Racist specifically has been doing, sending people, but Adventures and Missions has been um, sending people for a while now. And so, um, and their focus is to spread the gospel and lead Christians, leading Christians into a more radical faith and trust in God. So um, our route specifically that we'll be going on includes these countries. I will be going in this order to Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, India, Nepal, Rwanda, Uganda, Kenya, Ethiopia, Romania, and Ukraine. So this time next year, I will be in Uganda. So I don't have that, just thinking about it. Um, and I'm not going to go into detail about what the needs are in each country, but I would love to sit down with you guys or meet with you after church sometime and just tell you more about what their needs are because they have 
more specifics about what we'll be doing. Now, ministry will differ from place to place, and honestly, we don't even know until we get there what we'll be doing exactly, but we will be ministering overall. They said we could be doing anything from ministering to the homeless, um, the orphans, victims of human trafficking, ministering to people where, that are desperately in need of healing and um, being delivered in sickness, prostitution, rejection, the list goes on and on. And so in each country, we don't even know exactly where in each country we'll be just yet. So we're s we'll get that more information as the time gets closer. Um, but it could be like one day I'm doing construction work and helping build, and then the next day I'm teaching English or, um, or leading a Bible study or going and praying for the sick. It could be anything. So, so I'm excited because... Um, it's, it's going to be such an amazing growing opportunity just to be ready for whatever God calls us to do and listen to the Holy Spirit as he leads us. And so, yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping, they said in a lot of the countries you do end up teaching children, so I'm excited about that. But I'm also wanting to just go out of my comfort zone and to be preaching to people and going into church, you know, doing more than just what I'm used to, so. Yeah, so the cost of this trip <laughs> is $18,200, um, but this includes a lot of things. It'll include um, training camp in October, which is an 11-day training camp. We'll go to, Octo or go to Georgia and meet our team and everything and just be working together. And then food for the whole trip, the whole 11 months, um, places to live. Sometimes we'll be staying in people's homes. Sometimes we'll be camping. We have to bring a tent and stuff and just be ready to do whatever we need to do. Um, but that'll all be taken care of. The travel expenses, all of the air flights and everything. Ministry supplies. And also medical insurance. So I'll have insurance. If anything happens to me, they'll be able to get me to a doctor and stuff like that. So, um, all of that is included, and um, I'm doing a lot of fundraising for it, which I'll get into in a minute, but what I wanted to share also, what my expectations are, and why I feel called to do this, and what, what I expect to be the result when I come throughout the trip and when I come back. So, first of all is the impact. Um, impact for the people that we encounter, for hearts to be ready and to respond to the gospel, to make a difference and see miracles and testimonies. I can't wait to come back and share with all of you of the thousands of lives that have been touched and have been accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord. So that, I'm also praying for the, ex um, the experience, just to immerse myself in a different culture and to really get to know them and see them through Jesus' eyes, through the Lord's eyes. Um, I'm also um, praying for direction just for my own life. I know that it's in missions and it's ministry and children, but also where is he calling me after that? Um, when I come back, I might go back into teaching some more. I might be led to go back to one of these countries even and live there or to do it again. I don't know. So just praying about that. Also for my faith um, and my relationship with God, just to really dig deeper into my relationship with him and getting to know him and his love for me. Um, yeah, I want to be, I just want to be transformed to the point where when I come back, 
and I meet maybe somebody who I've only met one time or I talk to them, that they will even be able to see the difference in me and my demeanor and my conversation. And even when they look in my eyes, I want them to see Christ. And so just really focusing on that this year. Um, also for the community of believers, um, for the people, the squad that I'll be with, everybody that will get to know each other really well, and that'll make friendships that'll last a lifetime for people who um, I'll be able to go to for encouragement and prayer for the rest of my life. So excited about that. Also legacy. Um, I want to be a testimony of his goodness and love and to do something bigger than myself and to leave a legacy for others to follow. And also just the call of, I know that this is what God's called me to in missions. And so that dream that he's put in me, um, I want to be able to follow that call and go to the nations and the love of Christ around the world and just share that. Um, and also just the icing on the cake. Um, I would love if I came back with an accent. It's just a little thing, but <laughs> I hope to come back with an accent and talk a little different. Maybe. <laughs> And then hopefully pick up on some of the language in each country. But, you know, at least come, I, would, I just think that would be awesome if I could do that. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, no, not worried about that this year. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, now that I've shared with you just about my dream, how I felt called to the world race, and my expectations about and the results of going, I want to invite you to partner with me and to make this dream become reality. So, first of all, you can partner with me through prayer. Um, committing to prayer, um, praying for the team, for preparation, for everybody that's going, the fundraising that we'll be doing. Um, <coughs> also praying for safety while we're there, and the, peop the hearts of the people, just to God to prepare their hearts as even before we get there. Um, also for my family and the students that I'll be leaving. I haven't yet told my students um, that I will be leaving, but some of them, this will be my third year teaching these children with special needs. So I want to break it down to them slowly. <laughs> but um, I um, just, yeah, praying for them and for the teacher that will be coming to take my place and everything. Um, also, you can join my community. I have... Um, I have a blog that you can get on, which I'll show you a picture of it in a second. There we go. Stay in touch with me, but if you go onto that blog um, through the World Race, then you can follow me, and anytime I put updates, post things, you'll be able to get a notification either through email or your phone um, and see just uh, pictures and testimonies from now all the way through the, world, the end of the race. So keep in touch that way. And then also, of course... You can donate. <laughs> um, I have a lot of fundraising actually going on, and some of it's out in the foyer you might have seen, but I'll be out there for a little bit afterwards. You, you want to look at that more. Um, I'll show some pictures of that. But yeah, um, my, first, my first financial deadline is September 25th when $5,000 is due. And then there's going to be incremental um, time periods where they're going to say, okay, now $10,000 are due. Um, but the last one will be April 30th, so already be on the trip for several months. But all of the money is due by April 30th of next year. Well, 18200 So, yeah, and you can do that by giving, 
money to me directly. You can send a check directly to Adventures and Missions um, or donate through my blog. If you go on there, there's a way to donate on that. Or through the church, yeah. So, yeah, this is what my blog looks like. Um, it's tapthasimmons.theworldrace.org. So make sure before you leave, you pull it up on your phone, maybe, and follow me right now, or as soon as you get home on your computer, and then you'll be able to see as I talk about the world race coming up, too. So. Let's see how am I done. Oh, this is, okay, so you hear some, uh, a couple of the fundraisers that I'm doing right now. The first one is um, I have, this is the design for the t-shirt that my amazingly talented father did. And so um, it's I Want to Glow in the Dark, and it has John 1, 5 at the bottom. So you can buy a t-shirt for $15, which I know a lot of you have already signed up for that. I should be getting the t-shirts this week, I think tomorrow or Tuesday. So by next Sunday, I'll be bringing those for those who have already ordered. Um, you can also get a really cool wristband that matches. It also glows in the dark. Um, I'm selling those for $5. And then I'm doing what's called Adopt-A-Jar, and I have these actually throughout Newcastle, some uh, like at Colors, I have um, them at different restaurants and businesses, and um, it's just for like extra change that people can put in. So if you happen to be at any of those, like Papa John's, Primo, um, some of those places have them, Mancino's, mm -hmm. and you can put some extra change in it. Or if you want to adopt a jar, you can do this. I have some out there. If you want to take one home or take them somewhere else where you know, hey, they, they would love to like put one there on their counter, let me know, and you can take one, and it's just for extra change. And you can keep it for the next five months, you know, however long, because I'll be raising money that whole time. So just fill that up. Um, and then also I made some, I got a little experimental crafty and made some lavender soap, homemade lavender soap with um, olive oil and stuff. And so I have some of that out there and I'm selling that for $7 eat a bar. So I am so excited to share the love of Christ with all of those people um, and use the talents and gifts that God's given me to share. Um, and I know um, I may come back um, and continue teaching, like I said, or he may call me to go out and do more ministry and go to more countries, live in another country. Um, but whatever he calls me to, I want to be ready. I want to be a laborer who is laboring for the kingdom. And um, yeah, I just want to be ready for the call wherever he calls me every day to be ready to go. Because I know that God's put me here in Newcastle, born in Muncie. Like I know he's put me here for a purpose. I wasn't born in another country. I know I was here for a purpose. He's taught me that. But there's, just like a racer, there's conditioning, there's exercising to do before your race. But I don't want to be the one who's still tying my shoes when the bell rings and it's time to run. So I'm so excited. Um, the last uh, thing is I want to share a scripture verse. Acts 20, 23 through 24 says, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So that's what Paul shares, and I agree. <laughs>